chew on this just a little bit, and it may kind of segue in or segue onto uh, this morning's message, and I think it's something that God will help us with if we'll open our hearts. Matthew chapter 5, look down to verse number 20. The Bible says, For I say unto you, that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now, just one verse. Let's read it again together. The Bible says, For I say unto you, that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Let's stop there and let's pray together. Father God, I do thank you, uh, Lord, for the opportunity to be back and to gather together, Lord, uh, albeit distantly tonight. And I pray that you bless your word, Lord, speak to us uh, tonight through it. And I pray that, Lord, everything that's said and done would be to your glory. Help us allow the word, Lord, to take root in our heart. Let's be changed by it tonight. I pray we'd be bettered for it, uh, for the obedience we'll give to it. And we'll thank you for what you do in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, as you look at this set here tonight, it, uh, it's one, to be honest with you, you really have to see in person. I hope that everyone's going to get to see it in person because uh, the, the, the video and the pictures just do not do it justice. I've taken so many pictures and sent them to different people, and it, does, it just doesn't encapsulate all the work that went into this. There's a lot of things we haven't even shown you yet that we will be showing during Vacation Bible School. But as we look at this set up here tonight, it's one of those things that it's so real, we have sat back many times and just stared at it, trying to imagine what it's going to be like when the kids walk into the door and excited about the new adventures that we're going to have here in Baptist City. As a matter of fact, I had Brother Bo cue some of the music the other night, some of the Western music that we have and we're going to be using during Vacation Bible School. And when he cued some of the music and you just sit here and you listen for a few minutes, you kind of get the feel that you really are in a Western town. As a matter of fact, you kind of uh, look, look forward to Hoss Cartwright or, uh, or John Wayne to walk out on the street at any minute. But as real as it appears, and without, uh, without ruining the fun for our little ones tonight, we understand this is just a facade. We understand that. We understand that this is a face, it's a facade, it's an extraordinary resemblance to something real, but to be honest with you, that's all it is. It's just a facade. It's an extraordinary resemblance of something that we wish existed, but to be honest with you, it is all you see is all that is there. In spite of all the labor that we put into it and all the detail that was put into it and all the desire that we put into it, in the end, all that we have here on stage, a part of the New Baptist City, is the appearance. Now think about that tonight. All that we have is the appearance. Now, I wish all of these things were as real as they appear. I wish we could walk into that general store uh, and get some of that candy, the, uh, the rock candy that you used to have back in the olden days, and wish you could go in and sit and drink coffee with the sheriff or maybe go into the bank and get a, a loan. But in the end, we have a facade here. We have something that's just an appearance. And I want you to think about that tonight because if we're not careful, we as the people of God can become very much like this set that is up here tonight. You say, well, what do you mean? Well, we can learn to look really good, but in the end, all we have is the appearance of what we want people to believe. The sad thing is tonight, it's so scary that we can pretend so much that even we begin to believe our own lie. I want you to notice tonight in verse number 20, this is something Jesus was challenging the Pharisees about or challenging his new disciples concerning the Pharisees. Notice what he says. For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom 
of heaven. What Jesus is telling them is he's using the Pharisees as an example. He says the Pharisees are basically a facade. The Pharisees have a false front, if you will. The Pharisees look very good, and the Pharisees act very good, and the Pharisees have a resemblance of something religious, but in the end, the Pharisees are not real. This is what he's saying here, and he's challenging his new disciples not to do just that. He's challenging them that as they move forward, now notice just in chapter four, he called them. Now in chapter number five, he's giving them the robes of a new disciple, and he's challenging them not to have a false front, to make sure that their faith is a real faith and not just an appearance of faith. I want you to understand something tonight. This is something we all have a tendency to do. We have a tendency to dress up the front and to be a false front, but in the end, there is no substance there, and Christ desired that his disciples have a real faith, not a false front. And he's warning us that our righteousness cannot be a facade. Our righteousness cannot be just something that looks like it's real. Our faith, our righteousness must be something real and genuine with depth itself. Now, I want you to notice what he uses here. He says that I accept your righteousness. Now, what is our righteousness? We have a lot of illustrations for righteousness, but I want to give you one tonight that I believe will bear mentioning throughout the message. The righteousness he's speaking of here is a reflection of our relationship with God. Now think about it, when we are living righteously, that means we're in a right relationship with God. When we are living unrighteously, we are now living in a relationship uh, that is, is not right with God, all right? So when he says righteousness, he's speaking of his relationship or our relationship with God. And Jesus is telling them that their righteousness or their relationship with God cannot merely be a facade. That their relationship with God must have more depth. It must be real. He's telling them that their righteousness or relationship with God can't just be a false front. And yet I fear tonight. I really do. I know that I'm capable of it. I know I'm guilty of it in my past. and I will probably be guilty of it in my future. But understand this. As the people of God, if we're going to be effective for the cause of Christ, our faith cannot be a false front. Our faith must be real. And I assure you of this, if there's anything the past six months have showed us, is that the only thing that will stand up to what we're going to face now and even in the future, the only thing that's going to stand up is going to be a real faith and not a false front. It's kind of like monopoly money. Uh, Wouldn't it be nice, I don't know if you've you've played Monopoly in a while, but wouldn't it be nice if all of that Monopoly money that we had, wouldn't it be nice if it was real? Uh, Wouldn't it be nice if those 50s were real and those 100s were real? I mean, wouldn't it be nice to be able to take those down to the corner store uh, and get us some gasoline for our car? Wouldn't it be nice to take those down and buy a new suit or buy a new dress or something? But we know that that money's not real. We know that it's fake and it's not going to hold up when you go to spend it. Now, here's what I fear tonight. What I fear is that so many of us have one of these. We have a facade. We have a false front. And boy, does it look good. Down to the very small details. When you look across here, all the work that was put into this. And I'm so thankful for those who worked so hard and invested so much time and effort into it. But in the end, it's just a false front. And understand that if our faith is just that, if our faith is a false front, it's not going to hold up when we face the realities that are coming our way. As a matter of fact, I bet many of us have probably found out 
throughout the last few months, our faith is not what we thought it was. Why? Because now our faith's being tested. And Jesus is trying to challenge his new disciples in verse 20 to have a real faith, not a false front. So tonight, I want to preach on that subject. Very simple thought tonight. I want you to see a real faith or a false front. And I want you to be able to answer that question by the time the message is over tonight. I'm going to pray in just a moment, or I already prayed actually, and we're going to ask the Holy Spirit throughout this message to show you whether or not you have a real faith or you have a false front. And Jesus is going to show us how in verse number 20. So let's jump right into it. Jesus shows them how they can know, and he starts with this. For I say unto you that except your righteousness, now watch the next phrase, shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. Now notice that particular word that your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. Now, what does the word exceed mean? Very simply, it means to excel more than. To excel more than. Jesus is telling his new disciples that your faith must exceed the righteousness or the type of relationship with God of the scribes and Pharisees. He's saying that your relationship with God must be more than what they have. And what they have is a false front. It looks really good, but it doesn't go any further than that. So number one, I want to show you how you can know tonight a real faith or a false front. Number one, real faith grows below the surface. Real, real faith will grow below the surface. You say, well, how do you know? Well, notice he says it's going to exceed. It's going to go beyond. It's going to be further and go further than just what you see. Now, sadly tonight, many of us invest more effort in showing on the outside, and we put little faith on what's going on on the inside, or little work what's going on the inside. Now, I'm going to tell you something tonight. Facades are fun. This has been fun. We've enjoyed building this. Uh, it's been a blast. I mean, seriously, uh, I even thought about wearing my cowboy hat to church tonight. Just excited about getting up here on stage and showing everybody what, what has been built and what we're looking forward to in Vacation Bible School. But understand this. Even though it has been fun, this is really not functional. So what do you mean? Well, I want you to know, look, if you get in trouble tonight, uh, you better not try to call this sheriff's department because this guy's probably not going to show up uh, if you go to call this. Why? Because it's fun, but it's not functional. And how often is that what our faith is? Our faith is something on the surface, but we do not have a functioning faith. It's not something that we can put into action. Why? Because it doesn't go beyond the surface. It's just a facade. And Jesus says, look, if you're going to have the kind of relationship that you need to have with God, your righteousness must exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. Can I tell you something tonight? 2020, this year, is not afraid of your fake faith. Yeah, that's one thing I have found out. It is the fact that 2020, this year, and all that this year holds, it's not afraid of your fake faith. Uh, you take that fake faith and you try to spin it against the trials and the adversity that we're going through, and you're going to find out just how fake your faith is. Why? Because your faith must exceed just a mere image. Your faith must be more than. Your relationship with God must be more than just something that you see on the outside. It's got to grow below. Below the surface. And so often we see our people, they get uprooted spiritually. Why? Because they had no deepness of earth. Their faith did not go very deep. First Peter 1 7, listen closely. The Bible says that the trial of your what? Your faith. Now wait a minute. 
what it says is going to happen to our faith. What did it say that our faith is going to be put through? That the trial of your faith being much more precious than gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire? Would you not say that over the past few months that our faith and what we say we believe has been put to the test? And I believe tonight that many of us have found that our faith is not what we thought it was. Matter of fact, maybe tonight your faith is not what you said it was, or your faith is not what others thought that it was, because when the fire came, our faith wilted. Why? Because this is all that it was. It was a fake front. It was not a real faith. And I want you to understand, it's not going to hold up. We see that in Matthew chapter number 7, where the Bible speaks about the wise men, as the kid's song goes, that built his house upon a rock. The Bible says that that man dug down deep. What is he doing? He's not just building on the surface. He's getting below the surface. He's digging down deep, and he's digging down deep, and the Bible says that he built his house upon a rock. The Bible says that the winds came and the storm came, and it beat vehemently upon the house, but his house stood. Why? Because it was more than just a house built on the surface. Now, what did Jesus say was likened to the man who built his house upon a rock? He says this in Matthew 7, 24. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. He's saying for those who don't just hear the word of God, as we spoke about this morning, but you take the word of God and you pull it on the inside and you allow that word of God to take root in your heart and your life, then you're going to be able to hold up when that fiery trial of your faith comes along. But wait a minute. What about those who had a surface faith? What about those who had a faith like the, the faith and the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees? It was just a facade. I hate to tell you, it's not going to hold up. Uh, like I said, I, I don't want to ruin the fun for our kids, but, you know, uh, if you plan on going grocery shopping over here at the general store, uh, you're going to get hungry fast. If you say, you know what, I'm going to pass up Walmart tonight, I'm just going to stop by the general store there at Baptist City and I'm going to get something to eat, uh, I hate to tell you, you're going to go to bed with your stomach growling. Why? Because it's a facade. We know it's a, great, a very good facade, but behind there, there's not a whole lot to it. Why? Because it's just for show. And I'm afraid tonight, I really am, I'm afraid for those whose life and whose faith and their relationship with God is just for show. I'm going to show you something here in just a second. I got the guys a picture. They're going, to, they're going to show it for you. I saw this on a prank video. And Brother Matthews, I've got to try this. I really have got to try this. Uh, they have these new stickers. You can show the, the folks tonight. They have this sticker that looks exactly a lot like a, um, like a receptacle, a plug-in. And I watched this video the other day where they're taking these receptacle plug-in stickers and they're sticking them in Walmart. Uh, they're sticking them in malls and airports. And people are going to charge their phone, you know, because they're on their phone all the time. And so they take those stickers and they put them everywhere and you see these people going up to them and trying to plug their phone into the sticker and it's just a blast to watch I guess that's my sin nature that really wants to do that uh, but they try to go plug into it and they find out it's just a facade it's not really a plug and you can sit there and you can sit there and you can sit there but you're going to find that it's no good why there's no power there now, how many of us tonight are just like those stickers? Now, somebody needs to order those. Brother Michael Coates, you're the guy to order one of those, and we'll go around Walmart and Hattiesburg put those out together. I mean, wouldn't it be fun to go put those out and just watch people, and you find out there's nothing to it? There's no power to it. It's just a facade. It's just a sticker. There's nothing behind it, and I'm afraid tonight. 
that many of our people, now look, we're all guilty of it at one point or another, but listen to me, 2020 is not the time to be guilty of having a fake front. 2020 is the year you better have a real faith. Why? Because you're going to need every ounce of power that comes along with a real faith. And yet oftentimes, we try to put up our facade, and the devil laughs. Why? Because it's just for looks. It's just for looks. We got that sticker on the back of our car. It's got the, uh, the Baptist City logo here. We got that sticker on the backs of our car. And you can tell in Walmart, uh, you go through Walmart, you can tell our members when they're there. And you go around the mall, you can tell our, uh, our uh, members are there. And I've passed by a few liquor stores, Brother Matthews, and never saw any of our people there. Amen. Thank the Lord for that, all right? Use some of the other church's stickers if you're going to go there, okay? But you can tell they got, that, they got that sticker on there. And boy, how exciting it is to represent Central Baptist Church. By the way, I think it's an honor honor and a privilege to be a part of a good church, isn't it? I'm thankful to be a part of this church. But your faith better go beyond that sticker. Your faith better go beyond the, the, the bracelets that we're wearing that remind us to stay engaged. Your faith has got to be deeper than that. A real faith has got to grow below the surface. It's got to exceed and be more than a false front. It's got to be real. Why? Because your faith is going to be tested. And you better have a faith that's more than just for looks or else you will crumble and you will burn underneath the weight of that fiery trial that is inevitably coming our way. I mean, years ago, I was preaching in uh, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, I believe it was, and my wife and I, not long after we got married, uh, we didn't have a baby then, as far as I recall, and I wanted to take my wife up to see the Opryland Hotel. We'd heard a lot about that, and I wanted to take her to stay a night in the Opryland Hotel, and uh, so we drove up there after I finished preaching, and uh, after we saw how much it was, we decided to stay at the Comfort Inn uh, because it's quite expensive to stay there, and we walked around the Opryland Hotel unbelievable place. You've never been there. It's, it's really amazing to see all the, there's like a river running through the hotel and all of these trees that were there. And uh, as we're walking around, we noticed they were having a convention in, I think, like the west wing of the hotel. And it was a sanitation convention. It really was. Uh, they had porta potties all over the Opryland Hotel. I'm not joking. I mean, they had, they had all different colors. They had all different models. And they were just kind of floor models to show off that people could come and decide they wanted that. Well, as we walked through the lobby, one of the grand lobbies that are there, we saw this red, white, and blue porta potty sitting right next to a grand piano. I had to take a picture because how often are you going to see a red, white, and blue porta potty, let alone sitting beside a grand piano? And so my wife and I are just laughing, getting that picture, looking at it. And then you're not going to believe what happened. All of a sudden, the door of the porta potty swings open, and this kid walks out buckling his belt. I'm going to let you fill in the blanks on what was going on in there, all right, for the sake of, uh, to, to keep it G-rated here, okay? Uh, but he thought that was a real porta potty He really did. And evidently, he, he, he really put it to use, all right? We'll put it that way. And here comes one of the concierge guys running over there. No, no, no. It was too late. He was trying to convince that young man, no, this is just for looks, it's not for function. It's just for looks. But it was too late because he put it to use. Who knows? They probably sold that one for a discount, you know, after it was all said and done. But how often are we just like that? How often are we that beautiful red, white, and blue porta potty? Uh, but we're not for function. We're just for looks. We're just a floor model. Can I tell you something? God doesn't have floor models. 
When God saves us, God calls us, ordains us unto good works, there's a will of God for each and every one of us, and God desires that we have a deep faith that's going to withstand that fiery trial, but so often, many of us have the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. It's just a false front. Let me tell you what's going to happen. All you got to do is get in this book. And you get in this book, you're going to see what a false front will do for you. Think about Peter. Peter found out he was not everything he said he was, didn't he? Peter says, I'm this and I'm that. Peter probably thought, I'm the guy that walked on water. Maybe you've heard about me. You know, I was the one that all the other guys stayed in the boat, but I got out of the boat. Yeah, that was me. Look, I'm not going to fail you, Christ. I'm Peter. I'm the guy who got out to walk on the water with you. And old Peter says, I am. Boy, begin to pound his spiritual chest and found out when the fiery trial came, his faith was not everything he said it was. King David, when he stayed home from the battle, found out he was not everything he thought he was. There was a time in David's life where he killed giants. There was a time in David's life where he killed the bear and where he killed the lion. There was a time in David's life where, life where he had killed the tens of thousands, and yet David was not everything he thought he was. Why? Because the fiery trial of Bathsheba comes along, and David collapses and folds beneath the weight of the fiery trial. See, he was not everything that he thought he was. Could we just take a moment tonight to dare consider that our faith is not everything we say that it is? Could we dare take the moment tonight and say, is my faith, maybe my faith's not everything that I think it is? You say, well, I don't like thinking about that. None of us like thinking about that. What an unflattering thought that we're not who we think we are and we're not as strong as we say that we are. But can I tell you something? It's better to think about it right now than when the fiery trial comes. Because when the fiery trial comes, it's too late to realize you're not what you thought you were. I think about Eve. Oh, the devil told her all that she could be. You can be wise just like God. And Eve is sitting there, and Eve's thinking to herself, man, what a, that would be great. You know, I, I, that's who I want to be. And next thing we find out, Eve realizes she is not everything she was told she was. I remember years ago when I was a, a teenage preacher, um, after the service, folks come by and they shake your hand and they'll kind of encourage you a little bit. They try to puff you up a little bit and encourage you beyond actually how well you did. And I appreciate folks that are kind and all that. And remember when I got home, my dad, we're sitting down and we're talking to each other. And my dad says, he says, son, there's nothing wrong with folks complimenting you. Um, just be careful believing everything people say about you. You're not careful. People will compliment you, and you're the greatest Christian, and you can walk on water, and man, I just, you are the role model of my life, and all this and all of that, and after a while, you'll start believing everything people say about you. Man, this is real. I mean, my goodness, this looks real. It's got to be real, and we know deep down on the inside, our faith doesn't go very far below the surface. I want you to understand something tonight. If you're going to have a real faith, it's got to be more than that fake front. And Jesus says it's got to grow below the surface. It's got to exceed. Let's keep reading verse 20. The Bible says that except your righteousness, that relationship with God shall exceed <clears throat> the righteous, <clears throat> excuse me, righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. I want you to see the, the language here. The Bible says, ye shall, that's a future tense word, speaking of something later, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Number two, how do you know that you have a real faith and not a fake front? A real faith lasts beyond today. 
He says, look, number one, a real fake is going to go below the surface. It's going to exceed the fake front that the scribes and the Pharisees had. He says, but number two, a real faith will last beyond today. Because notice he's looking at a relationship with God that goes beyond this moment to the time, speaking of the kingdom of heaven. You know, here in our life, just to be honest with you, uh, having a fake front will get you by. It really will. Why? Because most people have a fake front too. There's nothing wrong with putting our best foot forward and nothing wrong with trying to grow to become more than we are. But it's another thing when you adopt a lifestyle that's not yours and you're pretending to be something that you're not. And it's not going to hold up because the Bible says, understand a real faith is going to last beyond today. So it will get you by today, but I assure you it will not get you by then. And he's telling his disciples, listen, I want you to be real. I want you to be authentic. I don't want you to be a fake front. I want you to have a faith that goes beyond the surface and then a faith that lasts beyond today. I fear so often we learn, and I want you to know something about me. I, I hate, I hate using the word hate. I really do. I, don't, I try not to use it often. I think I used it this morning, though. I hate the games we play in religion today. I really do. I hate the games we play in church. I'm talking about these pretend games we play. We're pretending to be something we're not and acting like we don't have problems and acting like we don't have struggles and acting like our life is always together and acting like we don't have any trials in our life. These are games we're playing. And I want, to, I want you to know something tonight. I even see it amongst preachers. We play these preacher games and, you know, you scratch my back and I'll scratch yours. But understand this. The trump of God's going to sound, I believe, sooner than later. And I fear many in the church today are going to be found playing these games, pretending. I want you to know I'm looking forward to this. I really am. I've never been a Western guy. I really want. And when they told me after I became pastor that I, I had to be a part of this, I'm thinking, man, I have never, you know, I've just never been a cowboy. I've got big ears, all right? And they just don't look good under a cowboy hat. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm not going to like that. After last year, I was sucked in. I think, I'm, this year, boy, my goodness, the sheriff's got a new lever action gun. I'm going to bring it. It's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. But in the end, by Vacation Bible School will end. That'll be over. And we'll go back to who we really are. And that's what we do on Sunday morning. We show up. We play our part. And we go home and get back to who we really are. The trump of God's going to sound. And we're going to be caught playing games. Pretending to be something that we're not. And that faith, I assure you, it'll get you by here. You know when to say amen, and you know how to dress, and how to talk, and how to act, and all of that. And that's all part of it, so sooner or later. But understand, it's got to be below the surface in order for it to go beyond today. Listen closely to what Paul said. Philippians 3, 7. <clears throat> Paul says, but what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Remember, he's giving up some things. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung, listen close please, that I may win Christ and be found in him. Paul says, I, I gave up the game that I was playing. You see, Paul was one of the key players in the religious game. 
Paul knew how to play the game. He had the education in the Sanhedrin. The Apostle Paul could play it as good as anybody. This Pharisee lifestyle. This fake front, if you will. Paul says, all of that was given up. I quit playing games. Why? Because I want to be found. I want to have a faith that lasts beyond today. And the Apostle Paul was looking forward to that. He said, the only faith that's going to last beyond today is a real faith. This is what we see in Moses. Hebrews chapter 11, the Bible tells us about Moses' testimony. Listen closely. The Bible says, by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Now think about that. We're not talking about an extra on the set of history. We're talking about a key player on the set of history. Moses could have been one of the somebodies. Moses could have been one of the starring roles if he had just played the game. Moses said, you know what? I could have, <clears throat> I could have all the uh, regal attire, and I could have all of the servants, and I could have all the possessions that I want if I just played this game. But Moses said no. Why would Moses give that up? Why would Moses give up the opportunity at the leading role in the history of the world? Well, we keep reading, we'll find out. The Bible says choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God. <laughs> Wait a minute. Why would you give up a leading role in the game of life and to go suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season? Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than treasures in Egypt, listen closely, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. You see, the reason that Moses says, I'm not playing these games. I'm not going to play a part. I'm not just going to have the facade because I know sooner or later the curtain's going to close. And in the end, there's eternity. In the end, I stand before an almighty and a sovereign God. And Moses says, I don't want to be caught playing the game. So Moses says, I refuse. I've had preachers tell me before, you've got to learn to play the game. And I've laughed at many of them because they don't know. I just, I don't like playing those games. Look, Monopoly, maybe, Scrabble, me and my wife, we'll get into it over that. But when it comes to the will and the work of God, there's no room for people playing games. There's no room for a fake front. We've got to have a real faith. And that real faith will not only go beyond the surface, but it will go beyond today. My wife and daughter like to puff up my ego <clears throat> like I need it, you know. But uh, uh, kind of my alter ego in my household, and I'm, I'm thankful for it, is uh, they love giving me Superman stuff. And uh, today, as a matter of fact, just coincidentally, I have my Superman socks on, and I even have my Superman tie clip on. And uh, I'm thankful for them. I even have a Superman t-shirt I usually wear after on Sunday nights. I'll get home, put on my sweatpants and my Superman t-shirt. I even have Superman glasses that have the, the really cool hair that I don't have much of anymore. So it's nice to have that. But I want you to know one thing that it doesn't come with. The Superman shirt and the Superman socks, the Superman tie clip, and all the other Superman things that I have, they have a logo, but unfortunately they did not come with superpowers. You know, I put on my Superman tie clip, and I decide, you know what, I'm just going to jump off the top of this building tonight. Uh, well, you'll be having another pastor search committee here before too terribly long. Why? Because it's just a facade. It's not going to last. It's just something that you see. It's a logo that you look at, and it might make you feel good. But in the end, it doesn't change who you are. And folks, can I tell you, if you want to have, listen, you want to have one of the greatest days after you get saved in your spiritual life, it's when you as Moses refuse to play the games. Why? Because you realize there's nothing to it. It's just a logo. 
it doesn't come with any power, and it's not going to last beyond today. So Jesus tells his disciples, he says, look, number one, you've got to have a faith, a relationship with God that's more than a fake front. It's got to be a real faith. And he says, not only must it go below the surface, deeper, but it must go and last beyond today. That's what the Bible tells us in Ephesians 6. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. Now think about this, the whole armor of God. We see it a lot of times in Bible schools and sermon series, the helmet of salvation and the, uh, the breastplate, and we have the belt of truth. We have all the, uh, the feet shot of the preparation of the gospel. We have all of these pieces. And oftentimes, I do really believe we look at them more as just a costume. But he tells us to take the whole armor of God. Why? Listen closely. That ye may be able. Notice that future tense again. He says, listen to me, I'm giving you what you're going to need to stand when? In the evil day and having done all to stand. You see, the whole armor of God, it's not just a Bible school prop and it's not just a costume of Christianity. It is something that you are going to need when that evil day comes. And boy, my goodness, we're getting a test drive of what the evil day must be going to be like. I mean, my goodness, I saw there's a hurricane out there now. It seems one thing after another and after another after another. I mean, I believe God in his mercy and grace is giving us a taste of what those evil days are like. And can I tell you what you're going to need in the evil day? You're going to need a faith that's more than just a facade. You're going to need a real faith that can hold up to the fire. You know, old Job, I think Job had this figured out. I'm, I'm, I'm sure Job had it figured out. You read Job chapter 1, verse number 1. <clears throat> the Bible says that Job was perfect, upright. He feared God and eschewed evil. Now, wait a minute. He was doing that before the evil day came. Job had a real faith. It wasn't a faith, a reactionary faith. You know, oftentimes, that's what we have, isn't it? We have a reactionary faith. Instead of having a proactive faith, we have a reactive faith. We wait until something bad happens, and then we get a real faith just for a little while, and then we wait until something else bad happens to get it back again. And yet Job had a real faith before the trouble came, and we see Job outlasting the fire. We see Job standing against the evil day. We see Job living past today. Why? Because they had a real faith. Job did not go through what he went through by having a fake front. There's no way you would survive that. It's not going to hold up against the fire. Can I tell you something? The child of God tonight, we've got to have a real faith. I mean, if you haven't realized that in the last few months, just wait till the next few months. I mean, we're in the second half of this year. Who knows what's coming? And you've got to have something real. We can't just have a fake front. Listen, some of you grew up in this church. You went to this school and you learned how to play the game. But I want you to know, the devil can spot you a mile away. He knows when you have a real faith. And he knows when you have a fake front. And he's not afraid of your games. He's not afraid of your costume. What he is afraid of is a real faith. So the Bible says, submit yourselves, therefore, to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. You see, that's what scares him off, a faith that's submitted to God. And we pretend like we're submitted to God. We look like we're submitted to God. But the devil watches us. He watches us on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. He watches when we're not here. And he says, they're just playing. It's a joke. They're just pretending. And then he calls out one of his little demons and he says, go get them. Go get them. You'll, you'll take them without a fight. Why? They're not real. They're pretending. 
So tonight, I want you to understand a real faith must grow below the surface. It's got to be more than. It's got to exceed the false front. And then a real faith must last beyond today or will last beyond today. Turn with me, if you will, to Romans 10. I want to show you something before I give you the last point. Romans chapter number 10. This is probably the biggest illustration I've ever had before, Brother Bo. (laughs) Romans chapter number 10. Let's look down. I want to show you something right quickly on salvation. But this applies to all of us. Romans chapter 10, verse 1, the Bible says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Well, that should be all of our desire. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. Verse 3 is a key verse here. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness, going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. That's what they haven't done. The devil knows when we have not submitted ourselves to the righteousness of God, and he knows when we go about to establish our own righteousness. That means, you know what, we're going to try it our way. Uh, We have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. We're going to establish our own facade of our own righteousness. And I want you to know, the devil can spot a counterfeit. Why? Because he's a counterfeiter. You ever want to find somebody who can tell you what's a counterfeit money and what's a real money? You find someone who's a counterfeiter. Now, to be honest with you, I don't know any, okay? So I'm going to have to ask some of your friends, okay, that, that might know that. But you want to find somebody who can spot a fake? It's a fake. He knows. And the devil is the ultimate counterfeiter. He is a perverter. What he does is he takes what God makes pure and he makes a cheap, flaw-filled knockoff. That's exactly what the devil does. And so don't think we're going to fool him with our facade. Don't think we're going to scare him off. Don't think there's going to rob or walk in the door. Over the bow the other day, I have to admit it, I left the church door unlocked. And Brother Bo got in trouble for it. It was my fault. All right, everybody watching, it was my fault. And we were gone up country picking up the signs for the, the buildings. And Brother Bo calls and says, yeah, hurry up and get back. My wife said, what's the matter? He says, there's some lady walking through the building, and Bo had to chase her off. Good job, Brother Bo. I appreciate that. Can you imagine Brother Bo running to the sheriff's office? I got to go in here and get the sheriff. Why? Because there's a lady in here. Oh, Brother Bo would have been waiting a while because the sheriff was out of town chasing some robbers or something right then, I'm sure. They're not going to hold up. Listen, they're not going to be afraid of the sheriff. The devil spots you and he watches you and he says they're trying to establish their own righteousness. They're trying to pretend and he's not going to be scared of that. So number two, notice tonight, a real faith or a fake front, a real faith will last beyond today. And can I tell you something? We stand before God. The only thing that will matter is you had a real faith because that fake front's not going to last. And I want to show you one more thing and I hope it will stir your heart a little bit. To make sure you make it count. Notice back to verse 20. The Bible says, For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no, no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Obviously, we're speaking of salvation, but here's what I want you to see. Oftentimes, the Holy Spirit comes to us and he convicts us and says, You know you're not real, you know you're pretending, you know all that you have is a very elaborate fake front. It looks good. You've got it down to the detail. I mean, working doors, 
The signs are just perfect. The fonts are down. I mean, you've got it down pat. The Holy Spirit comes up to you and the Holy Spirit says, you're not real. You're just a very, very good facade. And then we have the audacity, I'm guilty of it, to go back to the Holy Spirit and say, well, you know, I think, I think I'm real. Yeah, yeah. And we're telling God what we are and God knows who we are. Why? And here's the last thing I want you to see. Look at the first few words of verse 20. Jesus says, for I say unto you. You know, real faith, understand this, real faith is really determined and judged by God. So number three tonight, if we want to know we have real faith, a real faith believes beyond ourself. Real faith is what Jesus says it is. It's not us telling him what faith is and whether or not we think we have real faith. It's what he says it is. Notice, he's the one telling the disciples, for I say unto you, this is what faith is. It's not what you tell me it is. How often, listen, do I, I'll be witnessing to someone about their salvation and they'll tell me that they're saved and I'll ask them, how do you know for sure that you're saved? And they'll begin telling me that they went to church as a child and they've been good and their grandmother prays for them and all of these things. And I'll tell them, that's not what the Bible says salvation is. And they'll say, well, that's what I think. Look, it's okay to have your own ideas. I have good ideas sometimes. I have bad ideas. But in the end, all that matters is what verse 20 says, for I say unto you, All that matters is the judgment and the verdict of God and whether or not we have what he says is real faith. Now think about this tonight. Real faith is only as good as the one you have it in. Real faith is only as good as the one you have it in. If your faith is based on what you say, good luck with that. You know, anytime I work on my car, It's been a while since I had to work on my car, but I've had a few cars that have helped grow my faith through the years, and I recommend a junk car to everybody who gets a little bit too big for their britches, okay? You need a junk car to help grow your faith, and mine, mine, Brother Bo, helped grow my faith so many times. Oh, we had a minivan that the starter wouldn't crank, and you click, 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 and boy, it just wouldn't crank. You have to climb under there. I kept a wood handle hammer under the driver's seat of my car. I climb under there, tap on the starter, get up, click, 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 try climb under the car again. I did this in suits sometimes in between services at churches I was preaching at. And it just grew my faith having a car that didn't work very well. So I would go and I'd work on my car and I just prayed going down the road because I was the one who worked on it. I don't have a whole lot of confidence in my mechanicing skills. If cars were made out of wood, I could handle that. Cars are not made out of wood, thank the Lord. Termites would have a ball with that, wouldn't they? I don't have a lot of faith in driving in a car that I worked on. Why on earth do I think that I have the credibility to decide what is real faith? I must allow God and his word to tell me what faith is. And if he tells me I ain't got it, then I ain't got it. If he tells me that I'm real, then I'm real. That's all that matters. I I love compliments like Mark Twain. Mark Twain said he could live off a good compliment for a month, for a solid month. And I like compliments, and I like cards, and I'm thankful for encouragement people give. But after a while, can I tell you, the only thing that matters is what God knows about me and what God says I am. And he's telling the disciples, for I say unto you, you see, real faith goes beyond ourself and allows and submits ourselves to God for ultimately his verdict. God, am I real or am I just a fake front? And I want you to understand, if you desire to have a real faith, you're going to submit yourself to what God says about you and what God says you are or what God says you are not. Revelation chapter 2, verse 18, listen to what the Bible says, and unto the angel of the church in Thyatira write, these things saith the Son of God, who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. Listen close. I know thy works and charity 
and service and faith. Here's Jesus speaking to the church at Thyatira. He says, look, there's something I want you to know. I know thy works. I know you. And one of the things he says that he knows is he knows our faith. He said, I know your faith. I mean, it, it blows our mind to think that we do this, but we do this. I'm guilty of it. We put a beautiful facade together. We come in and we sit on our pew. We got it looking right down to the last detail. We're sitting there and everybody's looking at us and everybody thinks, oh, man, he wore a tie on Sunday. <laughs> he's, he's for real. He wore a tie. Or, or he's sitting on the front row. That's one, of the, that's one of the ways you can know for sure that you're spiritual, that you put yourself in the splash zone every Sunday morning with a tie. Man, people come up to you. Man, good to see you. I want to thank you for being here. Such an encouragement. Man, your faith has been such great. And that the Holy Spirit speaks to us during the invitation and says, you're not. You're not. And you know you're not. How many times in my life, oh, my goodness, the Holy Spirit come to me preacher's kid. I was a good kid. And to be honest, I was. I was a pretty good kid most of the time, but I was not always what I pretended to be. I was not the great Christian that walked with God that people thought I was. And I knew that. You know why? Because the Holy Spirit told me. He told me. And I want you to know, look, if you hope to uh, have a pastor here that can read your mind uh, and help you with the things that he doesn't know, you're going to be disappointed because I can't read your mind. You're going to have to allow the Holy Spirit of God to say unto you whether or not you have a real faith or not. The Holy Spirit says, nope, you're just a really, really elaborate false front. And I want you to know that's exactly what you are because God knows God knows and God's going to show you what you are, but the truth is we don't want to know why because we like playing the games. We like playing the games. We want to pretend I am this great Christian. Everybody sees me. Everybody thinks that I'm so-and-so and I can do this and I can do that. And in the end, the Holy Spirit says, no, that's not who you are. And the sad thing is this. When you don't have a real faith that believes beyond ourselves, that allows God to show us who we are, the sad thing is you're going to find out or be found out one day Choices, when do, you, when do you want to be found out? When do you want to be found out? You say, well, how do you know? Well, 1 Corinthians 3.13, the Bible says, Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. One day our works and who we are and all of our facades are going to be tried by fire, and our works are going to be made manifest or revealed or made known. The only problem is, at that point, it's too late to do anything about the fake front that we had. It's not real. Or we could submit to the leading of the Holy Spirit of God as he points out to us that all we have is a fake front and submit ourselves to God and then become who he tells us we should be, a righteousness that exceeds that fake front of a real faith. One of the saddest revelations of our faith will be is what's recorded in Matthew 7. Let me read that for you and we'll be done. The Bible says in Matthew 7, 22, many will say to me in that day, notice future tense, Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? God, look what we did. God, look how good it looked. I mean, down to the last detail. We've even got eggs over here. We've got a, tomatoes over here. I thought they were real. Kind of made me want a BLT after I saw those tomatoes that are over there. I mean, even the sack of potatoes looks like there's potatoes in there. There very well could be potatoes in there. I mean, look at what we did, God. Look at how good it is down to the last detail. Have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils? God, look what we did. I mean, we did a good job. And what does the Bible say? 
in thy name done many wonderful works. In verse 23, he gives the verdict. He says, depart from me. Depart from me. I never knew you. It wasn't real. You did a lot. And boy, it was great detail. But it was fake. You know it was fake. You weren't real. He says, I never knew you. It didn't go below the surface. It didn't last beyond the moment. And now it didn't go beyond yourself. And he says, depart from me. And here's the eternal sadness. At that point, it's too late. At that point, it's too late to have a real faith. At that point, you're left holding that fake front that you put on every Sunday morning for 20, 25 years, but you knew you weren't saved. You knew it, you knew it, you knew it. And the Holy Spirit told you, and the Holy Spirit told you, and you kept pretending the trump of God sounds. You get caught playing games. You're going to stand, but Lord, wait a minute. I sat on the front row. I wore a tie. It doesn't matter. But I said, amen. I even sang in the choir, he says. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. It was a fake front because I never knew you. I want to talk to two groups of people tonight. If you're not in one of these two groups, you can go to bed. The first group is to the saved people. If you're saved tonight, you know for sure if you died, you go to heaven. You've got that nailed down. Wonderful, wonderful. But can I ask you, is your faith a real faith? Is it real? Listen, I'm not talking about does it look real and do people think it's real and do people tell you it's real? What does the Holy Spirit tell you? This, the Bible says, for I say unto you. What is God saying about your faith? Is it real? Or is it just a fake front that looks really, really good? Can I tell you something? It's not going to hold up against whatever 2020 has to hold. I've seen many fold already. I talked to a pastor the other day. He says about 30% casualties. 30% in his church. What did they find out? They found out when they put their real faith to the test outside of these walls that it wasn't real. And oh, how it come collapsing in on top of them. And they never made it back into the building. They found out their faith did not go beyond the surface. It was just a false front. Can I ask you tonight, saved person, do you know for sure that you have a real faith? I'm not saying do you know for sure that you're saved. I don't know. If you know you're saved, do you have a real faith that the Holy Spirit of God would bear witness, this I say unto you, it's legit. It's real. That's going to hold up. It's below the surface. It'll see beyond this moment, and it sees beyond yourself. But wait a minute. Maybe tonight we have some watching, or maybe some of our own folks. Listen to me. You're not sure that when you stand before him, that your faith is not just going to be a false front. Have you been playing those games? You're acting. You know you're acting, and the Holy Spirit kept telling you and telling you and telling you. You're just pretending. Let me tell you, oh, the tragedy to stand before an almighty God and realize you spent your entire spiritual life playing games, passing up the opportunity to have something that was more than a fake front, but it was a real faith that would get you to eternity. Now, folks, tonight, for our people that are saved, I pray that you're going to allow the Holy Spirit to show you in just a moment whether or not you have a real faith or a fake front. It might be real, but it's not going to hold up. It's not going to hold up. We're not what we think we are. We're not what we say we are. We're not what people tell us we are. We are what God tells us we are. And I'm going to ask you to show us clearly tonight exactly who we are. And if you're here tonight, you're not sure that you're saved. Oh, my, my soul. Please don't wait until you get to that place to realize you were just playing games and you weren't real. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed tonight. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed.
I'm excited about Vacation Bible School. I'm not sure 